Everybody, and welcome to another episode of True Stories of Tinseltown. And I am so T H R I L L E D in capital letters underlined thrilled to have my guest here today. His name is Bose Hadley. He is a wonderful writer. He has written so many great books about classic Hollywood and basically um, a lot of them are LGBT. TQ kind of oriented. He had, he's done so many great interviews and I have read so many of your books and I don't know any classic Hollywood person who loves classic Hollywood books. Who doesn't know you? You are. Oh, that's very nice to hear. Fab. No, who does? Honestly, I know. I don't know everybody's name, but when I saw you, I'm like, oh my God, Bose. You know, I was thrilled. Yeah, well, that's great, <laughs> and you pronounce it properly too, so that helps. How do people? How do people pronounce your name? Well, it's B O Z E, but some people will misspell B O S E, like the speaker, mm-hmm. and some will say Boz. And you know, Charles, <laughs> Char- really, but Charles Dickens' pen name was Boz, just B O Z without the E. And then I've gotten Bozo and Boo. <laughs> Or Bozy. <laughs> yes, or, or even the French, the French, Bose. Oh, well, that's quite continental. But I just tell them, no, Bose, it rhymes with shows. Yes. <laughs> I know my classic Hollywood authors' mm, yes. names, and especially yours. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> okay, so Bose has written a new book, Inside the Hollywood Closet, a book of quotes. And it is a very good book. I read it. He sent it to me. And like, I don't want to mention any author's names who don't send me their books. I end up buying them. But I mean, I love that you sent me my book. And thank you. I loved it. And you guys will love it. There's tons of wonderful, wonderful quotes in this. But um, we're going to talk about his book, this book. But we're also going to talk because he's done so many books about what got you interested, because mostly it was classic Hollywood, got you interested in writing about classic Hollywood and mostly, you know, the closeted lesbian gays, the kind of thing like that. Sure. How do you get started? Which has a whole history, of course. Yes, that's what, yeah. And we've never done a show like that. I mean, we've talked about actors, but we've never done one. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Right. Well, I'll tell you. I've published. Uh, this is the. Tw- I've published twenty six books. Most of them are not specifically gay themed, but uh, I've read more than once that I'm the number one author on the G L B and T and Q and so on uh, <laughs> presence in and contributions to showbiz, especially Hollywood. Uh, number one in quantity. Now, quality is of course for other people to decide. But you ask how I got interested. It's really a matter of. Two things, geography. I grew up mostly in Santa Barbara, California, 90 miles um, north of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Hollywood stars would come to Santa Barbara to relax or for the weekend or they had to get away home there. Uh, Everyone from, you know, the Reagans and John Travolta, or they would be filming in Santa Barbara, which is a beautiful seaside town. For example, Rosalind Russell, after she was unfortunately washed up as a movie star. Her final effort was a TV movie. And there she was one day at the Santa Barbara courthouse. And I was walking by and there was a crowd and I said, what's going on? Rosalind Russell, you know, who in her day was a huge star. Oh, I love, of and course. This is classic Hollywood. So I mean, the sad thing is today, many people don't know who she was, although the fans know, of course. Classic Hollywood fans now. We love her. Oh, absolutely. And she never won an Oscar, which is amazing. But you Was know, she nominated? Because some people were oh, never yeah, even so nominated. Like for, which I think she was me. for Auntie, Auntie Mame. Yeah, 1958 mm, So it took her a while. Oh, well, I'm not sure that... Well, here's one thing. She chose not to be nominated for Picnic because it would have been in the supporting category. Oh. And, you know, movie star egos are what they are. Yeah. Then and now. 
And so otherwise she would definitely have been nominated and must might have won. She might have. She did a good job actress. in that movie. Oh, wonderful. I liked her yeah, very that, good in that much. That character was incredible. So really it was living in Santa Barbara and proximity to the stars. Then the other thing is my father was a history professor. So I grew up reading history, all kinds of history of other countries and ancient history, but also Hollywood history. And one thing I noticed is that so often, because I grew up around professors and most people will think, oh, professors, they're so, you know, you really look up to them. Well, they're people right. like anyone else. And everybody is good at their profession. I mean, whether you're a professor or a plumber, you know your subject because that's yes. what makes you money. So there's the motivator. But when I would read books, whether it would be history, and let's say it's about Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar, and then they will leave out the fact that Julius Caesar was bisexual, that Alexander the Great was homosexual. Yes. And, and then the only time they'll admit someone was gay or bi would be when they were a villain like a Nero or Caligula, someone awful. Now, they couldn't deny it as much about artists like da Vinci or Michelangelo. But I noticed, including in my father's books, that it was always either putting down non-heterosexuality or totally omitting it. And then when I was reading more and more about Hollywood, and I'd say, but this person, whether it's Cary Grant or Rock Hudson or whoever, but they were gay. I mean, why isn't this ever in here? It said it's about Rock Hudson's wife, who was lesbian, by the way, or Cary Grant's five wives. Like, oh, he was so into women. No, he was so into closeting that he had five wives. And then when he finally had a child, it was in his 60s, and the media just celebrated his having a child, his, you know, virility, right. but they never asked, why did he not have a child in his 20s, his 30s, his 40s, his 50s? But that's how the media, even today, to, for the most part, operates. It really does try, in general, to hide the fact. Yes, oh. and, you know, a lot of people don't want to know about One thing I find, because yeah. this is a classic Hollywood podcast, and I've done tons, um, they either, I, I think there are strong, two strong groups and then there's an the in-between. People mm, who yes. think that everybody is gay in classic Hollywood. Oh, of course. And no, yeah. people who think, how dare you slander these people? They can't talk right. about it because they're dead. Right, like it's slandering. And if, no, and if they could, uh, there was no, something about slandering. Catherine Hepburn. Right. And someone said, well, she's not here to talk, speak for herself. Defend well, for if herself. she were here to speak for herself, all she'd be saying is Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. She wouldn't be mentioning Laura Harding, who was the main squeeze of her life, the American Express heiress right. with whom she came to Hollywood. And then off and on, there were a couple for decades. Yeah, and Liz Smith outed her, for goodness sakes. Yes, Liz Smith, right, who finally came out as by herself. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. So it was amazing, and it's it's sort of like that. So it's like, and I also say, you know, why it is what what is so bad though? You're not, yes. you're not saying well, like what? they were mass murderers. You're just talking no, about. Not at all. Who they who they preferred, who they loved, whatever. And not only that, it's just a category. It's like saying someone is left-handed. That's not to say that they're a good or bad person or what they do with the left hand. If you say someone is gay or bi, that's a category. Uh -huh. Like saying someone is Catholic, for instance. Uh, it doesn't mean good or bad. It's just that's the category they're in. Except that, of course, with sexuality, it's there. It's not something you can convert to something else, of course. No, I mean, but I even mean... Though, Anyone can expand it. Anyone can become somewhat bisexual. But if you're gay, you're gay. And if you're hetero, you're hetero. You don't really believe too much in bisexual, bisexuality? Oh, no, yes. No, I do. Because, for example, if in Hollywood somebody has said, if you had to define what is the main, you know, these people will say, oh, everyone's gay in Hollywood. Well, of course they're not. The majority are not. But what is the main thing, perhaps, is bisexuality because... Unlike, say, being an accountant in Cleveland, uh, if you're an actor in Hollywood, let's say you are a heterosexual male, uh, and then some big male movie star who's gay or bi comes on to you, and he's very attractive, and of course, above all, he can help your career. This is how Clark Gable got started in the 20s when he was just a contract player at MGM. William Haynes, who was a major silent movie mm -hmm. star, came on to him, and Gable allowed him to 
uh, given his favors, as yes. it were, and uh, that boosted him up. And so eventually Clark Gable, superstar, and then William Haynes, after he was arrested at the YMCA for having a serviceman in his cot, he was caught with a serviceman, yeah. uh, he was blackballed not just by MGM, which was headed by Louis B. Mayer, who was the most, the worst of all of the moguls and the most homophobic, but he got every studio to blackball William Haynes, who, however, was able to then transform into the top interior decorator in Hollywood, thanks to his, his female friends like Joan Crawford and Carol Lombard. And so yes, on. who stayed by his side, and he... he... That's such a shame, you know, but he, often they weren't out. When do you think bearding really started? Like just oh, when? That w- that's before there was a Hollywood. I mean, this would be the case. And for example, there's a certain Middle Eastern country in Northern Africa, not a black country, but where the king, so-called king, is gay. But of course, he is married, was married off to a female. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the expectation he must produce a male heir. Mm-hmm. No, this goes back to the beginning of history when you started having anyone important, whether a king or some nobility any you know top person, and he was gay. But in order to retain power and prestige... Um, they had to marry him off to a female. And then, of course, for females throughout history, they didn't even have hardly any options because of the socioeconomic status of women. So you have almost every lesbian, except maybe possibly Queen Elizabeth I, being automatically married to a man and almost always having a child. Yeah. And it's... um. So I know that Rudolph Valentino, mm-hmm. do you think he was a bi you know, it's hard to tell because it seems that he was basically an opportunist. And uh, remember that, for instance, uh, the casting couch, which is still alive, let's say that uh, you're a beautiful lesbian actress and very ambitious. You're going to allow these powerful males, you know, the producer, the top casting director, right. to have their way with you to some extent just to move ahead in your career. Right. doesn't mean that's what you like, obviously, right. but if that's what it takes to get ahead. And uh, Valentino, he was arrested at least once for various things, not to do with sex, but with um, a blackmail, for one thing. Uh-huh. Um, however, here's one thing. He did have two marriages to women, and both were arranged by Ala Natsimova. Her name begins with N-A-Z-I-M-O-V-A. Um, Ala Natsimova was a top silent movie actress and producer, and she also happened to be the godmother of Nancy Reagan. Wow. And she... And she was Russian and lesbian. Anyway, she arranged both of Valentino's marriages to women. Uh, the first woman was definitely lesbian. The second one was either lesbian or bisexual. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were no children. And the first woman left him after one night. Wow. And the marriage was, yeah, and there was annulment involved. And then there was bigamy involved when he married the second one. Anyway, it was said popularly, uh, although not printed, that uh, Valentino thought to consummate meant to make chicken soup. <laughs> That's horrible. So, and and again, these things these things were widely said, but not printed. It wasn't until our lifetimes that anything, and not even. 30 years ago, hardly, it started getting into print about anyone being different sexually, or being but, who they were. But there were yeah. blind items even oh, like yes. in the 30s and things like that. Not outing anyone, but there were like little, I think yes. there was something little about, hints. right, something about yeah. Van in Johnson, other words, they, something about different people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. And they were couched or printed in such a way that other gay people would guess, but it would fly right over the heads of most heterosexuals. Right. And people who were just regular folks adoring their movie stars. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And again, many people, you know, in in denial, like with, well, look at uh, Liberace. Three times Poor he thing. sued because he was described as being gay, which he was. Yes. And three times he won. So Amazing. So it that at that time, the truth didn't matter. It was just a question of being called gay was considered such an insult by the establishment that you'd win. But here's one big progress. In recent years, you can now no longer sue somebody just for saying you're gay or lesbian. So that's a big advance. And most people don't know that. 
No, I don't know. I didn't know that. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, with Liberace, and then after he died, I read that in England they got they wanted to get the money back that they gave yeah. him because they were sued, exactly. and and Liberace yeah. was obviously that, and he just through the end. Um, did oh, not want. Denying. Yes, the yeah. watermelon diet. And, this, that. Right. And, yeah. And not only that, but in in this book, inside the Hollywood closet, one of the quotes is about the fact that either ten or fifteen years after Liberace died of AIDS, provably died of AIDS, mm-hmm. his web page, his official web page, administered by his estate, his heirs, whatever, uh, still said no, he died of so and so. And no mention of AIDS. So you see, again, and part of it has to do with making money, because even today, this is why the top male stars who happen to be gay or bi are totally closeted, because the moment they would be known to be gay, their box office would diminish significantly. And there have been polls, and this is also in inside the Hollywood closet, uh, the percentages of people polled who go to action movies, you know, these comic strip right. hero type movies, who say, no, if I knew the actor, the star was gay, um, you know, well over a half of them would not go to the movie. Yes. And not only that, and here's something else, and it's in the book too, unfortunately, even though there's less and less homophobia in the U.S. and Europe, Japan, etc., the huge foreign markets of China and Russia are still very homophobic, and so even if, if we're okay to be openly gay in the Western world, you know, and Japan, uh, it wouldn't be for, and Hollywood just wants all the profits it can get. So as long as China and Russia and so on remain so anti-gay, uh, these stars, the male stars especially, cannot come out. Well, I know of them. I mean, there's a couple obvious ones we know, and I'm not yeah. outing anyone. No, we'll, I know. We'll talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> And besides which, one of them, every time he is described as gay or bi, he is gay or bi, uh, he'll threaten to sue you for $100 million. It's always $100 million. Jeez. I don't know. It's so odd. But um, I'm just reading one of the quotes here. Of course I do have gay friends, but that doesn't mean pre-AIDS Rock Hudson. Mm-hmm. So That's right. I, when I talked to the Rock Hudson biographer, he was great. And, you know, what it must have been like for him to live in that closet all those mm-hmm. years and yeah. have to marry that woman. And then mm-hmm. she blackmails him and she gets yeah. this cushy moolah for the rest mm-hmm. of her life. Then she mm-hmm. writes this sob story book saying, I never knew he was gay. I exactly. thought, excuse me, you were the secretary to yes, Henry to Wilson. Agent, right? How in the world would you not know? It was such an absurdity. But this was, of course, after Rock died. She wouldn't dare write yeah. while he was alive. No, of course. And and uh, that's the thing. There's so much denial, like um, with Cary Grant's penultimate wife, Diane Cannon, who was an actress, uh, saying, oh, he wasn't gay around me, sweetie. Well, that's the thing, you see. Let's say somebody is bisexual. When he's with the female, he's heterosexual. And when he's with the male, he's homosexual. But one doesn't cancel out the other no. if the guy is bisexual. And there are loads of bisexual Actors especially. Well, also actresses in Hollywood. And when I interviewed Rock Hudson, he said to me, I don't believe in bisexuals, Bows. And I said something like, well, you're not required to believe in them. They're not divine. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but of course they do exist. Now, here's the question. If there were no homophobia in the world, would there be bisexuals? I Mm. wonder. See that? I I think so. I think some people... Some some men in particular are so sexual, so maybe oversexed, that they'll try anything. That's what I and call them, trisexuals. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. I'll try anything, yeah. yes, right. And then autosexual, which yeah. of course means self-pleasure is not necessarily in a car. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So much of the media and of the public still think you're either this or either that. There's no in between. But in Hollywood, more than anywhere, when you're dealing with very attractive people of both genders, and of course, with the ambition that goes along with it and the ego. uh, For example, now, Clint Eastwood, who is heterosexual, he was discovered by a gay director. 
And uh, for a time, he was sponsored by him. The man uh, clothed him and housed him and Uh helped him up the ladder. And one of uh, Clint's female partner's girlfriend, Sandra Locke, who later wrote the book, The Good, the Bad, and the Very Ugly, about the relationship, uh, she said that she questioned uh, Clint once and said, did you have sex with him? And Clint said, to his credit, I'll never tell. But again, there is a lot of that. You don't have to be gay to or lesbian to be on the casting couch. No. Or again, it's just what helps your career, depending how ambitious you are. Yeah, and it's something um, I, about Ellen DeGeneres. Question anyone that keeps you from being you and from being happy. You know, I wondered how long it would take her to come out, and they had that when she was still doing that show before she came out. Mm-hmm. Seeing her with a guy, and then they had her in a movie with a guy yes. getting married. Oh, Mr. Right or Mr. Yes. Wrong? Yes, and it yes. was like, mm-hmm. oh, this doesn't work. I mean, she. There's no, so many right. women who are lesbians, and they can, yes. you know, you you would never know. But Alan, it just, it was like, yes, this is not right. Why are you putting her in a huge film like this? This is. You know, and people didn't even, know she even was gay. Though at least, at least in the film, she didn't end up with a guy. Yes. So it left. So it left it open. So that was some. But of course, the film flopped because partly it wasn't that interesting. And again, as you say, trying to pair her with a man. You know, the thing is this: with most women who are not heterosexual, it is, for a fact, harder to tell than with most men. There, the reason stereotypes exist and persist is because there is a kernel of truth to stereotypes, whether they're sexual, racial, religious, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, if there were nothing to them, the stereotypes wouldn't exist. But with women, and uh, remember, women are allowed a much wider range of expressiveness yes, of, the w- of the way they act. Mm-hmm. They can have deep voices. and uh, They can dance example, with their friends at bars and nobody uh, and, says and a word. And show open affection, <laughs> yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of that. So in a way, it's easier for them. And of course, if you're a beautiful actress and you say you're bisexual, if anything, that might expand your fan base because there are a lot of hetero men who get turned on by the thought of two women, of course. Uh, whereas a, a male star doesn't even dare to admit he ever had a male crush no. or an, or experimented as a teenager, as most males have done. You, you have to be supposedly 100% heterosexual Right, macho, macho man. You have to be... But not for a female. But for females today, I do know a couple of actresses who are in the closet and they are leading ladies and Mm -hmm. A-list, A-minus maybe. And, you know, they they won't come out. They're pretending... One's pretending she's engaged, I think, now. She was married. She's pretending she's engaged. And there's another. But I know a lot of the fellows that will not come out. And they should... You know, I know there was... Remember there was this big outing period where people were like, well, we should out yeah. these people. No, you shouldn't And those posters, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's not your place because, unfortunately... If one of these big stars, these big he-men, are just not the, not the action heroes, or just the regular leading men, right. they come oh, out, yeah. they're going to be done. I mean, like Neil Patrick Harris, he's I love him. And he played a womanizer, yes. I don't know, in the oh, series yeah. he did. What was of that? Course. How I Met Your Mother or something? I've never yes, seen How it. I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Is that when he came out, when he was doing that show? I think it was during, yeah. Yeah. And you know... A lot of people, uh, celebrities, have come out after being outed, and many of them at first will deny, like Chastity Bono when she was female, mm-hmm. or um, let's say Dick Sargent of Bewitched, who was the second Darren. Right. Um, they will deny it first because it's such a shock and sort of such a rude awakening, and then later they will admit it. And many of them, and many of them are quoted inside the Hollywood Closet yes, here, I've read them. Uh, saying. And, and and they will tell how and why they came out. Now, for example, Nathan Lane, the big Broadway star from the producers and so on, he came out after the torture murder of Matthew Shepard. He felt that it would be selfish to not come out because if it could help another young gay person survive... And again, this ties in with the awful statistic that a far greater percentage of gay and lesbian and bisexual teenagers commit suicide than heterosexual teenagers. Yes, 
And it's a shame. So, it's still that way. And, yes, um, very much so. So yeah. he came yeah, out. Especially but, in the, the so-called heartland. That's ironic. Right, yeah. <laughs> the heartland. Um, yeah. What I thought was really something was when Rupert Everett, um, he was Julia Roberts. He played her BFF in My Best Friend's Wedding. My be- Wedding, And yeah. um, he did, I don't know, some really good films, and he was a leading man. Oh, and yeah. he came out. No more leading man. Well, I'll tell you, he was not so much a leading man in Hollywood. He was in British films and also some French ones. Uh, But we thought that he would go higher than he did. But uh, again, Hollywood. But remember, this is 30 years ago or more. Uh, So, And he also had hopes of doing a gay James Bond film. But, of course, those cost so much money. And, again, the more money that is involved, the wider an audience you need to make a profit. So something like a James Bond would always have to be heterosexual. However, remember, with Skyfall, I think it was, where the Spanish actor Javier Bardem played the villain, it was the first time that a male villain came onto James Bond and touched him. And James Bond did not react homophobically. He just gave the impression, well, maybe I've tried this before. <laughs> so that was a big advance. It was. And and we see this. And another guy I want to say who didn't come out of closet, he really was closeted, was Robert Reed from The Brady Bunch. The oh, dad from the, the Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Yeah. Right. Didn't he? He never came out. No, he never did. He had married and he had a daughter, and unfortunately, he was not at all close to the daughter. And what it was is that I believe he lived in Pasadena, but in, at any rate, he would cruise around Pasadena in his car with very dark-tinted windows and pick up male strangers and have sex with them. Well, that, especially back in the day, was the perfect way to get AIDS, which he did. Instead of finding one male partner to live with and be more or less faithful to. No, he was totally closeted and it cost him. Such a yeah. shame, you know. Because really? let me tell you, I've had gaydar from an early age. <clears throat> and, you know, I own all the Bewitches and and I see Brady Bunch on Hulu every once in a while just to see, like, <laughs> the one where Marsha gets hit by a ball. Oh, my nose, my yes, nose. I just right love that on one. Because yeah. Marsha's a biatch. Anyway, I watch these things and I, I just knew. And I also knew when, like, you see Dick Sargent. I just saw him in some movie. Oh, it was in an Alfred Hitchcock hour. And it's just uh, like you could tell. I knew. I could tell. Other people didn't know, but I knew. Yeah. And very often you can. There's something, like sometimes a softness. In other words, when you compare the first Darren, Dick York, he was more. He would get more angry with Samantha than, than Dick Sargent seemed to. Yeah. Um, you're speaking of the Brady Bunch. Uh, the Brady Bunch had two, for sure, gay co-stars, and possibly a third one, whom we can't mention. Well, we're but talking about Alice, was, right? Yeah, Alice. They, yeah, and, and of course, eventually, uh, she was such a part of it and so popular that eventually the producers decided to give her a boyfriend, and they gave her a butcher boyfriend. <laughs> I know, and, that's in your book. And, that's so and, funny. And, <laughs> and as Suzanne Westenhofer, who's a very talented, attractive lesbian comedian, mm-hmm. said, but who's butcher than Alice? But they gave her a butcher boyfriend anyway. That's well, so you know, funny. this ties in with what you were saying about when Ellen was still necessarily closeted. The thing is this, with Ellen and Rosie O'Donnell, they were closeted until they were really big time and after their shows or whatever. If someone like Suzanne Westenhofer or Kate Clinton had been in the closet, they might have gotten more chances and gone farther professionally. But because they were honest from the start... They don't get their own shows to begin with. You right. See. That's still how it works. You have to be in the closet at first, and then hopefully you do come out at some point. But if you're out from the beginning, you will definitely have fewer chances and usually not be given your own vehicle. And that's a shame. And I don't like saying it because it's not encouraging the closet at all. It's just reflecting the mean-spirited and greedy reality of Hollywood. Yes. This is funny. I'm reading one of your quotes in your book. Barbara Streisand said her kissing uh, kissing scene with Amy Irving and Yentl wasn't so bad. It was like kissing an arm. Thank you. I mean, really, thank you, Barbara. I mean, 
this woman has a gay son, for goodness sakes. Right. You really? Her only child. I mean, and it's her, a kiss. her fan base now is gay men. I mean, of course, I know. she's very, very. But the thing is, it takes a lot of people a long time to become pro-gay, and sometimes it's not until they discover that a relative or their son or daughter is gay. Um, on the other hand, in the book, in Inside Hollywood Closet, there are quotes about people who have uh, lesbian daughters and gay sons, but who are very publicly homophobic uh, because they're politicians or they're uh, ministers of religion or in the army, like General Colin Powell, for instance. Um, it's a shame, or, you know, that awful Phyllis Schlafly, a female who was spearheading uh, the movement against the Equal Rights Amendment. I mean, against equal rights for women. How controversial. But uh, that's what happens sometimes. When enough people don't speak up and protest the people who are against democracy in general. Yeah, and and it's very, very bizarre, and I don't get it. But I can get it in the 30s. And you know what gets me, Bose, is like how I always say this when I see these pictures of publicity pictures of Carrie and Randolph Scott. Oh, yeah. And they are like bachelor. Oh, these swinging bachelors. But I mean, they're doing yeah. all these things together. They look like they're sure. much a more romantic couple than anyone I've ever seen in my life. I wish I was mm. that much in love. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> There's this one yeah. a scene where the picture where um, – Randolph is sitting in a big chair reading, and Carrie is laying um, at the foot of Randall's chair with a pillow, reading a book right there. Now, let me right. tell you, I don't do that with my sweeties, no and I don't do right. that with my girlfriends either. So, right. I mean, this was no, just, no. I mean, my goodness, but how could they even say something different? How could they even... Well, you know, it's the thing is, it, many actors when they come to Hollywood are, were and are even today a few are naive and they think they can be themselves. And then very soon their agent, their publicist, their manager, the studio, the network tell them totally differently. They, for example, there's one actor I'm thinking of. He's the brother of a female superstar, but I won't name him or her. And when he came to Hollywood, he was seen at various gay bars. He was making his first movie. And he was told immediately, almost immediately, stop going to gay bars, never again. And he never again went to one. Um, and he did eventually marry a female and become a father and so on. And like Cary Grant, allegedly, he was a wife beater. Because mm. here's another thing. When you push a gay man into marrying a woman, he's not going to be happy. And certainly it's not fair to the woman. But this has gone on for millennia. I mean, fooling women just to beard themselves. And so Cary Grant, his first wife was Virginia Cheryl, who was best known for being in a Charlie Chaplin film. Uh, and uh, after she married Cary Grant, she retired. But uh, very soon after, they divorced. And she finally admitted he did hit her. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, the, the frustration. It doesn't excuse it, obviously. No, Nothing not at all. That. But the thing is, uh, as Boy George said, and he's quoted in Inside the Hollywood Closet, something yes, about funny. if you force us to marry your daughter, if you don't let us marry other men, we will marry your daughters. <laughs> and then how happy will either person be? Yeah. Well, it's true. And he certainly never hid. And he said that with George Michael. He, he In yeah. your book, he said, come on. And when he got caught or whatever, he told him to yeah. come out, and he didn't come yeah. out. And then he finally did because when he was caught, caught in the Beverly yes. Hills restroom, yeah. right? And that happens. And, and as Boy George said, you know, when you have fifty million dollars in the bank, isn't it time to come out? You don't have to be fearful about your career. And the other part of that is because I did the books Hollywood Gays and Hollywood Lesbians, which, despite the titles, are bisexual inclusive. Of course. But, um, uh, the thing is, with some of these people whom I interviewed, uh, even though they were retired they still wouldn't come out. You would think, okay, when you're done with acting and you've made all the money and you're not going to act again, but it has to do with shame. The, the older they are, the more they were reared with shame about who they are. And so if, they, if it's Dame Judith Anderson and she's in her 90s, as when I interviewed her, she will not come out at all. She the did most it? She will say, no, no, she never came out. In fact, if you read in Hollywood Lesbian, she... 
almost started crying. She was very angry about just uh, don't include me with them. I wish them well, but I'm don't include me. That was she with thing. it at ninety? I do have your book. I oh, have yeah. to reread it. I haven't read it forever, and I do have the well, ones the, where you interview Carrie and yes, all the others. Yes, Hollywood games, yes. sure. But but in Hollywood Lesbians, the one that got the most press was when I interviewed Barbara Stanwyck at her home, and she had been married twice, uh, and the second husband was a superstar in his day, Robert, Robert Taylor, Taylor mm-hmm. who was gay, and uh, he later became bisexual. I mean, anyone can become bisexual. I think he was bisexual. I think he used yeah. Barbara. Because she was six years the, the older studio, than him. The studio considered him because it was MGM. He was considered too beautiful for a male star. Mm-hmm. And once they put a mustache on him, he never took it off because it did make him seem more butch. And, you know, you could even speculate the same about Clark Gable. He became a star when he had the mustache, and once he had it, it stayed on forever. Uh, but... Um, uh, again, now what were we talking about before that? We were talking about uh, Barbara uh, Stanwyck. Oh, yeah. Well, she, um, as it were, threw me out of her house, not because I asked about her, but because I asked about Robert Taylor, and she was very defensive about him. Because, again, remember, even if both parties are gay, let's say like Catherine Hepburn and gay or bisexual Spencer Tracy, mm-hmm. they do come to love each other. Of course I mean, they there's do. Love involved. I there believe be no she sex. really loved him. I don't know oh, that yeah. he really loved her. Because look, I know. Lana Turner had an affair with her. her, him. She admits it yeah, in her yeah. book. Ava Gardner right. had an affair with him. Allegedly, yeah. and, and, he wanted to leave Barbara for Lana. Yes, right. And and eventually he did leave Barbara Stanwyck, who was sort of the husband of the marriage. She was the domineering one. Right. Uh, like his he mother. Have, he had a mother like yes, that. His mother. He was very much a mother's boy or mama's boy. Mm-hmm. And when they got married, uh, the first thing they did was each was on the phone to the top Hollywood gossip columnist. Uh, she to Hedda Hopper, I believe, and he to Luella Parsons. And also he was calling his mother within the first half hour and just chatting with her. Uh, but anyway, so Robert Taylor left Barbara Stanwyck for a younger woman, a German actress, and had children with her. And that's what he wanted. Because, you know, as B. Arthur told me on the phone, she said, I think having children has become the Dyke national pastime. Was she a but lesbian? Uh, well, now, this is very hard to say. Was B. Arthur lesbian? I could not say yes. I could not say no. She was very pro-gay. She was involved with gay charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, you know, rather a butch woman, of course. And uh, she is quoted in Inside the Hollywood Closet. She said something like, uh, I'm argumentative. I'm sometimes quite aggressive and I'm loud. If that makes me a man, okay. I don't know that it makes me anything else. And so, no, she never came out if she was. But remember this. She had two adopted sons. Now, I don't know anything about them, but let's just speculate that some actress, whoever, uh, has a gay son and therefore is pro-gay and contributes to gay charities and goes to gay events and is very comfortable with it all. Therefore, the media might say, oh, she must be gay. Not necessarily. It may be on account of her gay son and being that supportive. So it's it's very hard to say, especially uh, when they will not yeah. come out if they are. So I couldn't say about B. Arthur, but here she is on the cover of Inside the Hollywood Closet. There are 16 celebrities on the cover, and you will notice that of the 16, eight or nine are female. And the reason I say eight or nine is that one of them is Chaz Bono, the the former Chastity Bono, the daughter right. of Cher, I mean, born a daughter, uh, his or her status is different because what he has said, and I think it's in the book, is I'm not a lesbian because I feel like a man. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to interpret that. And here's another thing that isn't generally known. I mean, I learned so many things with research. The majority of transsexuals uh, that is to say, male to female, have not had the operation where their penis has been removed, a penectomy. Yes. Um, so who knows? And then also a majority of the female to males, like, for example, this uh, former 
daughter of the late Brad Davis, also one of the daughters of Warren Beatty and Annette Benning, right. and Cher and Sonny's daughter, Chastity, who is now Chaz, have not necessarily had the operation and had an artificial penis created for them. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's re- and of course you can't really expect them to share that. That's very literally private information. Yes, it is. But you know? some people are pretty open about that they did have the the whole operation. Yes, but but, but usually they're not the relatives of celebrities because right. they they are a little bit careful about that because remember they stand to inherit from their very rich parent, and they're a little more careful about the image and reputation of the parent as opposed to, you know, some guy who performs at Finocchio's or some nightclub in drag. Right. And and also you'll notice with the ones who do it professionally, the males who are drag queens, they're beautiful drag queens and many of them are more feminine than actual women are. Oh yeah, that's what I say. Uh Yes. There's a quote from Scott Thompson, the Canadian co-star of Kids in the Hall, and he's quoted inside the Hollywood closet something about um, uh, that, you know, all of them, the hetero ones too, would play women now and then. And he said, well, there's no big secret or talent to playing a woman. You just put on the clothes and makeup and then you act however you act, because most women in the U.S., as opposed to, say, Japan, are not ultra feminine. No. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, a Dolly Parton, but that's very much a stereotype. Yes, it was. And she, she's also, it's sort of, it, yeah, it was like a a parody, actually, you know. Yeah. And you love Dolly because, you know, just because of what she looks like in the outside, she was just a cool chick. But yes. one thing I was thinking of is that um, drag queens aren't, aren't generally, I mean, they're, they're gay guys who, who make Usually, money yeah. doing that. Yeah. Usually. And, um, oh, there was something I'm just going to ask you. Anyway, I'm here. I know Robert Osborne was gay. He, he, he was not out. No, he wasn't. Um, he, he gave little hints now and then. In other words, he didn't try to hide behind a woman. There are different levels of being in the closet, you know, as opposed to saying, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, when I interviewed Nancy Culp, who was Miss Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies. Yes, I, Miss Jane. I knew that she was, <laughs> yes, Miss Jane, right, in love with Jethro, right? Oh, that yeah, makes sense. that's a good one. <laughs> uh, who would be in love with Jethro? Oh, please. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, and she had had one marriage early on, apparently to a gay man, and she had been in the military too. And uh, so I asked her, because I thought, well, she'd probably be willing to admit she was gay. And and a few of them in Hollywood lesbians did. Uh, she said, no, I want to put it my way, uh, and I want you to quote me exactly, and I did. And what she said was something like, because this is a book from long ago, although it was re-released in 2016, uh, she said, I'm one of those who believes birds of a feather flock together rather than opposites attract. And so that was her coming out statement. Hmm. But but again, as opposed to saying, yes, I'm lesbian, or uh, Patsy Kelly, who classic Hollywood... And Rosemary's Baby, I love her, yes. Right, and and before that, playing maids, dozens and dozens of maids in movies, and in real life, she became Tallulah Bankhead's maid. No way! (laughs) You mean like... Oh, yeah. She was hired by Tallulah Bankhead as a companion and maid and gopher. Oh, wow. uh, Because Patsy Kelly couldn't get any more jobs in Hollywood. And get this, this is the reason. She was believed to be a jinx. Not because she was lesbian, which she was. She, As a child, she wanted to become a fireman, which horrified her mother, who sent her to dancing classes. <laughs> and from that, she went into comedy. And she so, worked with Thelma Todd. She was partnered Thelma with Thelma Todd. Todd. Hot Todd. Oh, very much so. They yeah. did all those shorts together. Mm-hmm. But the thing is this. So many of the beautiful, especially blonde women that Patsy Kelly, who was dark-haired, worked with, died prematurely. Yes. So Hollywood came to believe Patsy Kelly is a jinx. So they wouldn't hire her. In a, <laughs> yeah, because she was in it. a movie with uh, Jean Harlow, uh, yes, the girl from go. Missouri. Yeah, you know, because I did a series with my friend April Vivier, and we did one on um, the history of blonde bombshells, and I think it's a really uh-huh. good one. I love that yes. series. And, um, yeah, that's terrible that she was a jinx. Well, it's, it's amazing the things that 
can be believed like people being a jinx, you know. I mean, some things improve a lot with time like that. No one believes that today, really, or that the world is flat, that kind of thing. But And it's come a long, long way about gay people also. But in that case, there is still a long way. You know, one of the blurbs for Inside the Hollywood Closet is from Congressman Barney Frank, yes. who said uh, that this book, and I really appreciated this, he said uh, this book shows how much has changed in Hollywood and showbiz on both sides of the camera for gay people, but it also shows how much hasn't changed. Right. And it's true. I'm, I I want to get oh, into yeah. that a little bit later when we're coming to an end, because do you mind talking a little bit more? Oh, not at all. No, yeah. you're, very, you're very easy and fun to talk with. <laughs> and I love talking to you, too, because you know your stuff. And I, I, I'm just so curious about all your interviews, and I'm going to go back reading all these books, of course. Um, I find this interesting here. Now, Jodie Foster, she was always yeah. a little tomboy, whatever, and I oh, never yeah. believed her with guys. Um, mm-hmm. And she didn't come out until and, – and, and it's interesting that she – her mother – yeah. Was a lesbian and she grew mm-hmm. up with her mother and her mother's partner. Yes. In fact, Jody is not her real name. It's Alicia, which is Spanish for Alice. Mm-hmm. And she got Jody because her mother's live in girlfriend was Josephine Dominguez, whom they nicknamed Joe, J O D, as in Dominguez. So somehow the third daughter, because there were four children, uh, became Jody. Foster instead of Alicia Foster. Yeah. And the other irony is this, for most of her career until she finally came out at about 50 or over 50, mm-hmm. uh, Jodie Foster was closeted by lesbian women. Her mother, who had become a publicist and then Wasn't her manager. Wasn't she her manager? Yeah, that's right. Yes, and her manager, because she started being the manager of the son. You see, a boy will always get more roles than a girl, especially then. Yes. So Buddy Foster, when Andy Griffith departed the Andy Griffith show and it became Mayberry RFD with Ken Berry, his son was played by Buddy Foster. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Buddy eventually wrote a book called Foster Child, in which he semi-outed, because this is long ago, Jodie Foster, who was not at all happy about the book. And then also Jodie Foster's big-time publicist also was closeting her. Yeah, and then she finally, it was never really brought out, but... She had this woman, Cindy, and I think they had two kids together. And now she's yes. married to to David Addison. Yeah. That's right, yeah. from The Fly. Right. Yes. Uh, David Hedison. Hedison, uh, yeah. Who, he changed the last name. He was Armenian origin. Uh, David Hedison, the daughter, Alexandra, a beautiful, oh my dark-haired God. She's photographer. She's lovely, and yes. she looks so much yes. like her dad. It's unbelievable. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to ask you, go back to Dame Judith Anderson. I'm surprised oh. she let you. So she was sharp. She was right on the money. Oh, Had she yeah. ever married? Yes, she did marry, I believe, twice. And uh, here's the thing. Helen Hayes once referred in a book that Helen Hayes co-wrote with Anita Luce, who wrote Gentlemen Prefer mm-hmm. Blondes. She said something about Judith Anderson, who is not yet a dame, uh, about her husband's. And this infuriated, for whatever reason, Judith Anderson, who then spoke against Helen Hayes forevermore, which everyone else had nothing but good things to say about her. She was a sweet old lady type. And uh, she said, how how rotten of her to remind me of my two husbands, that kind of thing. But he, despite all of that, and despite her very, you could say, masculine personality, no, she never came out. Hmm. So did you have a good interview with her? Well, yes, it was interesting. And, you know, as some reviewers have said about some of my interviews, it's not just what is said, it's what is avoided being said mm. or or the response to a uh, question uh, where they'll deny and deny or say something in a certain way that makes you think, oh, I'll bet he is gay or I'll bet she is, that kind of thing. But at the end, as I said, when I was trying to just get her to make sort of a statement, uh, she just wouldn't commit to it, and she got very upset and emotional about it. Um, So I sort of regretted that. Uh, But another thing that I learned is this. Because of the way I was brought up, a woman, you know, is a lady. Right. And so uh, Hollywood gays versus Hollywood lesbians, when I interviewed women about it, first of all, they had more to lose because women were and are judged 
much more harshly than men are. Men can do almost anything, and, oh, that's okay, he's a nice chap, whatever. Uh, and also, when I spoke with the women, there was more... I had to. I felt I had to be more polite. I couldn't, right. you know, put them on the spot as much as with the guys, where I could, you know, regardless whether he was ten years or forty years older than me, I could put him on the spot. And also, a different thing, of course, is that with these gay bisexual men, whether it's Salminio, Rock Hudson, George Cukor, there was some flirting involved, which there was not with the women, of course. Yes. Then it was all business. So so it's very interesting to read the difference between, in these two books, Hollywood Gays versus Hollywood Lesbians. And I have them both and I am going to reread because I enjoyed them immensely. I was just so surprised that Cary Grant would let you interview him. Well, the thing is this, that was arranged through a banking connection. And he he wasn't very forthcoming with the questions, so it's not like he in any way, shape, or form came out. And he did flirt lightly, um, and there was something at the end of the interview, which because there were rumors that he was Jewish or not. And here's the thing with Cary Grant, because he just wasn't into the truth. At different points in different interviews with other people, he said, yes, I'm Jewish. No, I'm not Jewish. Well, I might be part Jewish. He said all those. So, you know, which is the truth? So as as we know, uh, Judaism involves a certain ritual, uh, physical ritual for males. And so um, he was going to sort of illustrate. But anyway, that's uh, at the end of that interview. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. So, but no, and he was very charming and nice. Now, another thing is that very often when someone is in the closet, like with Edith Head, the great wardrobe Why designer, in the world would she be in the closet? I know, because she didn't have to be. Not no, was actress, she married? She married twice. And the thing is, now with her, she was half Jewish and denied it. She took away routinely 10 years from her age, and she could do it because when she was young, she looked middle-aged. When right, she was old, exactly. she looked middle-aged. She never changed. It was changed. always that same look. Right, right exactly. Uh, but no, it, again, it has to do with shame. It has to do with the time. You see, most people in the time, they, their first 20 years, really form their personality. They change very little after that. Yes. Um, you know, in a comparison to what they are in their core being. And if you're brought up with total homophobia surrounding you, and as a female with total sexism, um, you're much more careful and uh, afraid of committing yourself or exposing yourself verbally. Um, so I had to sign an eight-page contract to interview Edith Head and that I would wow. not ask her yeah, eight pages it was. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't ask her anything about herself uh, sexually or her private life or her two marriages, one of whom was to a man whose name was Weird Enon. But anyway, so so she, I mean, that's how it was pronounced. But uh, she was willing to talk about all kinds of other people and other women and being lesbian, but herself, no. Listen to the stories of Tinsel Town. Not only God, they're true.